Welcome to another episode of Impact. I am your host, Sam Iniguez, the Director of Communications for Merced Union High School District. This episode is kind of a cross-promotion with one of our other shows, MUHSD Live, which airs on Facebook and YouTube every Tuesday at 3 p.m. There's your plug. In our last episode of that show, we had on Superintendent Peterson to discuss his recent memo that provided an update on when we should be returning to in-person learning, as well as other items as we work our way through the pandemic. And before I transition to that show, I have to issue a disclaimer. Since MUHSD Live is a social media broadcast, the beginning of the show, the part where I talk about some district news and and show a little video, it, it doesn't really translate well to the purely audio nature of a podcast. However, the interview with the superintendent that follows has some great information as well as some insight into the decisions that are being made. So bear with us for a couple minutes right off the top, okay? All right. I hope you enjoy this episode. And as always, thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of MUHSD Live. I am your host, the Director of Communications for Merced Union High School District. Um, Today is January 26, 2021. And as you can see, I am still working remotely. Um, Let's try to cover up a little stuff so my wife doesn't get mad at me. Um, Again, welcome to the show. We have a great show on tap. We have Superintendent Peterson uh, backstage, uh, currently enjoying the snacks provided by Craft Services. We will bring him out momentarily, but first I wanted to share uh, a little bit of news, uh, stuff that's going on around the district, if I could. Let me um, share my screen here for a sec. All right. So uh, today we got word that Buhack Colony High earned the AP Computer Science Female Diversity Award for 2020. Awesome. And that's for its efforts to provide female students with um, access to computer science courses. Um, Of course, it's necessary for ensuring um, gender parity in the industry's high paying job. So big uh, congratulations going out to Buhack Colony High for that award. Also, we've got uh, talent shows taking place at sites. They are currently um, submitting their um, different talents from students. And it's been great to see the participation um, across the district from site. This one's from Buhack Colony High. Um, Let me see if you can, there we go. So it's just awesome, awesome to see just awesome to see the participation. Love seeing that. And then in case you missed it, um, a senior, Haley Espinoza from El Capitan High was featured in the news recently. She's a soccer player and will be headed to Fresno State. And uh, so they did a profile her on uh, ABC 30. And that's her with uh, one of her coaches right there. So really proud of Haley. Way to go, way to represent MUHSD at the next level. Come back. All right. Okay, so um, there was obviously uh, a bit of news 
that came out, uh, some big news that came out yesterday, and we brought uh, Mr. Peterson here. I'll bring him in to talk to us about it. Hello, Mr. Peterson. How are you? Good afternoon, uh, Sam. That's a, that was a pretty snazzy uh, intro there. Nice, nice work. And congratulations to Haley. Always awesome to yeah, yeah. see students' dreams come true. Definitely, yeah. And you know things are there's still a lot going on uh, even on distance Absolutely. learning and um yesterday uh you you wrote you sent out a memo that kind of lets everyone gave us an update about the, the return to in-person learning plans and the plan moving forward so there was obviously a lot of reaction and we got a lot of questions that i wanted to get to and if any anyone uh, has any questions out uh, that's watching feel free to type them in there and again um we, we have chevron Cheryl, I was going to say several. We have Cheryl who is monitoring the chat and she will be um, responding to the ones that she can answer. And then we'll, uh, as we go through, we'll, we'll pop some up here as time allows. Uh, but we want to get to the questions that came in. Uh, first and foremost, um, people want to know what went into the decision. Uh, the decision was to push the start of uh, the hybrid model to March 15th. I know there was a lot that went into it, but maybe you can give us a little bit of insight as to what went into that decision to push the, the opening to March 15th. Well, Sam, I don't think there's a whole, whole lot of folks too surprised about this, but you know, I know, I know we have a, a number of people that are chomping at the bit to get uh, back to in-person. Um, what went into it was really our numbers right now in this county are not just purple, they are deep purple. And um, while we do uh, believe, or the county health department does believe they have peaked, um, they do not believe that it's going to be a, a, you know, a quick descent down the backside of the mountain. Um, it's going to take some time. Uh, our district uh, is ready to uh, come back and, and offer the hybrid but we need to see improvement in the numbers first. We, we can't do it with numbers this high. So um, I had a conversation uh, uh, with public health on Friday on when they believe um, that there will be a decent improvement um, in the numbers. And we don't, by no means do we need to go to red. We are at uh, 78, uh, or excuse me, 74 or 78, I can't remember per 100,000 right now. And to get to red, you need to be at 28 per 100,000. So we just need to see improvement um, down and some movement on that scale. Um, and their best guess um, uh, was March. So that's what we went with. Um, you know, we're now a, a week or two into um, the third, a week into the third quarter and, um, it was logical uh, that the second week of the uh, the second week of March is the end of the third quarter. That uh, was a logical benchmark for us, um, and and gives our community six weeks to, to uh, uh, see some improvement. So there's confidence when we do open up. Right now, if we opened up on Monday, there wouldn't be anyone here, and I I don't mean zero. I mean there would be a very low number, like under 20%, because that's where we were in December. 
Right. And the community knows that, uh, you know, the, the numbers have been increasing um, since December, not decreasing. Um, you know, so if any time we change what we're doing, it's incredibly disruptive to students and staff. So, you know, we are not going to go back and forth. Um, we gave it some time uh, uh, to get some good information. We, we got the information. It was not the information we wanted. It is not what I or the board or many people in our district want to do, um, but is, it is the logical thing to do um, under these conditions. Right, so. and, I, and I know that the, um, we had originally talked about giving a two week increment uh, notice, but in order to be fair for uh, teachers and, and their planning and, and the lessons, um, that was another factor that went into it, right? Just sure. giving them a chance to plan. Yeah, I, I would say staff, uh, students, and families also. You know, people want to know more than just two weeks down the road. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Um, and I did a quick look around at, at other districts. I noticed that Fresno uh, Unified, they're waiting till we're in the orange, actually, until they're in the orange. To yeah, well, that, that means uh, they're likely going to not uh, be back this year then. Yeah, that's that's probably what I'm thinking too. And you know, you people need to remember that we uh, we're ready to go. We've already been back in in-person learning, but like you said, because of the um, the low attendance and then the staffing levels that went down, we just couldn't. It wasn't sustainable. Well, that's another issue I didn't talk about. Was uh, you know, at Livingston High School, they had so many people out that uh, week before. Um, break that that they couldn't even operate so um you know it, we we are still at a at drastic levels in our county and so again when we see improvement um uh we will do it and and hey if we see a huge improvement and um we get some kind of uh, miraculous uh, recovery in the next couple of weeks then certainly we will rethink that but um, we have uh, taken public health advice uh, through this uh, entire crisis, which has now been uh, almost 11 months, and uh, they have served us well. And sometimes we get the news we uh, want to get from them, and sometimes we get the news we don't want to get. Yeah, we have a uh, comment here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, she's happy to hear about athletic conditioning, which we'll get to. Uh, she wanted to bring us uh, talk about bringing students back to in small groups, of course, to maybe talk about a book or discuss a project, you know, the same way we would bring athletes back in those small groups. She was wondering if that'd be an option to bring them back to have that kind of um, interaction. Yeah, we are we are prepared uh, on the athletic front. Um, uh, to be frank, we are not prepared on the extracurricular front. Um, you know, some of our band programs are, are, are ready to go and, and they will start this week. Um, but uh, I think uh, um, Mrs. Lacaretti is correct. There are many other uh, extracurricular or different or, uh, you know, more opportunities that uh, uh, we can offer outside of the box just to get people, um, you know, in a circle outside or in a breezeway. Um, to, to do that, to talk about a book, to meet with their club, 
Um, so yes, I absolutely think those opportunities will come. And I also wanna be clear that we have students on campus right now uh, under the under the cohort model. So if any parents out there are really, really struggling with distance learning, please call your school site and they will get your student in. And it doesn't need to just be, um, you know, an English language learner or a special ed student. It can be a regular ed student that just needs a little more structure and a little more assistance during the day and, and they will make that happen. Um, we have various numbers around the district. Some schools have as many as 50 kids every day. Um, you know, some as low as, uh, you know, 20 to, to 15. Well, that's good to know because yeah, um, students, uh, <laughs> you know, there's there, we can't put out a blanket uh, statement and to cover all students. Uh, some students are, actually doing well on distance learning. But as we know, there are many who are struggling. So it's good to know that that option is there for the available. And if you need, if you want to seek that out, please reach out to your um, to your site and they will definitely um, get you get you in that pipeline there. Um, did you touch on the fact that if we do show a dramatic uh, in, improvement over the next couple of weeks, we could possibly come back sooner than March 15th? Yeah, I mean, like I said, if, if there's a, a miraculous uh, a recovery, uh, everything is subject to change, ha has been subject subject to change and has changed uh, many times over the last uh, 11 months. But um, the bottom line is the community has to have confidence that it's going to be sustained. And, you know, I, I'll be frank, my focus is on getting seniors back, at least the ones that wanna come back so they can finish strong their last two or three months. Um, you know, my heart aches and breaks uh, for our seniors. Um, they have, they, they've missed everything. So, so we need to give them every opportunity to, uh, to finish strong and, um, by waning a little bit and, and giving the community more confidence, um, uh, I think those opportunities can, um, uh, you know, will surface and, and we can make that happen. I know you're gonna talk about uh, athletics in a minute, but uh, I'll let you ask the question. Okay, yeah, so, and some people just wanna know if, uh, if the option will still be there for families to remain on distance learning for the remainder of the year. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. We will, we will, uh, the hybrid model is going to be with us all year. So those that want to stay on, on distance learning can. All right. Uh, there's a question here about the vaccine. Um, someone's asking if, uh, when do we expect the vaccine to be available for staff and will they be mandatory? Uh, I just got off a call um, with the county uh, CEO uh, and the county superintendent of schools, and we were having just that conversation. Um, he, he is very um, frustrated with the amount of vaccine uh, we are getting. It is not a distribution issue at the county or the schools or any place else. We simply are not getting enough vaccine. Um, we're we're one of the, the lowest uh, counties per you know thousand uh, of people. Um, you know we're at the I think under the the ten percent mark of the lowest counties in the 
in the amount of vaccine we're getting. So um, he expects that to ramp up greatly in the next two weeks. Um, we asked that direct question and uh, making the assumption the vaccine comes in at what they thought were going to be normal levels, um, we should be able to get uh, our staff uh, vaccinated, you know, I would say by the, you know, third week of February. But that that's oh, dependent on right. how much. That's all, yeah, I saw it in the news where our county was uh, shortchanged uh, for some reason or another, and that's just unacceptable. Um, so it's good to hear yeah, that. Last, there's last the night, in fact, Sam, uh, um, I got a, a call from a local doctor, and uh, you know what what is happening is the different folks that are contracted to give vaccine, you know, set up their appointments and you know, uh, kind of have it planned out. But when they get to the end of their day, you know, they might have 20 or 30 uh, doses left um, that they need to use that day. So, you know, I get the frantic phone call, hey, send, uh, you know, 15 people down here. So, you know, we did that and um, we were able to get, uh, I think uh, 10 or 12 of our, our uh, 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 older, uh, you know, 65 and older employees and some of our employees that, uh, um, you know, ha have, uh, are dealing with difficult uh, conditions. So it was, it was great, uh, great community efforts. Uh, and, and I'm glad doctors, uh, especially Dr. Asadi is, is going the extra mile to, to see that that happens. Yeah. And that just reminded me of something that uh, we had our, our school nurses, uh, did the vaccine, and they're going to be uh, instrumental in our uh, employee vaccination efforts. And the um, surveillance uh, testing has begun for COVID as well. Can you just talk briefly about why why we're doing that? Um, yeah, it's just a preventative measure. Um, it gives everyone a little bit of peace of mind. It's free. Uh, it'll be available every other week. Uh, we did a practice round last week. Um, and it's it's going on this week also so all of our employees will have access to that and the turnaround time is awesome it's uh uh i think when they when they get up to speed it will be close to 24 hours um but uh i received uh, i didn't received my uh notice uh, 48 hours later so um, yeah, it's just a way for us to, to stay ahead of the game and make sure that uh, everybody at school is negative and um, keeping everyone safe. So, all right, great. Uh, next topic. Let me let me just share that Christy uh, Johnson and, and has done an outstanding job with that, uh, along with all of our our school nurses, um, our whole COVID team. I'm I'm incredibly uh, proud of this uh, these logistics and developing these plans and making it happen for a thousand employees is not easy. No, no, yeah, our our team has been top notch. We'll get back to the show in just a minute. The LCAP meetings are taking place, and this is your opportunity to have a say in how MUHSD spends its LCAP funds. If you aren't familiar with the LCAP, it stands for the Local Control and Accountability Plan, and it's a three-year plan that describes the goals that the district has for its students and how it plans to help them attain those goals. Districts use their LCAP to leverage funding from the state. 
The LCAP gets updated every year, and an important component of that process is input from its stakeholders, which is where you come in. Visit muhsd.org and fill out the LCAP survey to let us know how you feel that funding should be spent. Back to the show. Next topic is, of course, uh, learning loss. People want to know what the district plans are for addressing it. And per, maybe you can combine that with how um, students who received an F or, or Fs, plural, this past uh, first semester, how they'll be able to make that up, especially our, our seniors who may be off track. Yeah, and I, I will separate those two things out because I, I do think they're separate. We, we, okay. we have our credit recovery uh, for our F rate, and our F rate wasn't nearly as bad as uh, what we thought it was going to be. Um, we, th we thought it was going to be upwards of 50%, and the average was uh, closer in the high 20s. Um, you know, so that, that's great news. But uh, for credit recovery, uh, especially for seniors, they might need to take a, a concurrent uh, makeup class in, in the spring semester. Um, adult school is an option, or said college is an option. Um, you know, teachers have been very, very generous uh, uh, with late work. And, you know, because many of our students, if you pulled 10 students, 10 seniors in um, that were struggling, you'd get 10 different reasons why. You know, everything from, you know, they have to work during the day to, um, uh, you know, make it work for their family. Uh, if someone has been laid off, uh, some have to babysit. Um, uh, so th there are many different stories and our teachers are working through that uh, very patiently uh, with students. And um, if we have to offer uh, uh, extra sections to site, meaning uh, section equals a, an extra class, um, we will offer those uh, in the spring in order to, to make sure students have that opportunity. Um, and then, you know, certainly summer school, both 14 years if necessary, and then uh, all other grades. And right now we're planning, we, we would like summer school to be in person. Obviously, those that are struggling, uh, much of it is due to um, uh, the virtual or the, the distance learning platform, they need to be in person. Um, so that's going to be our primary focus if um, the environment uh, uh, allows. Um, but we also have to have to plan for uh, virtual summer school also. So um, my guess is we'll have a little bit of both, but I want to be clear that the focus is on on in person because that's what those students need. Yeah, Dr. Aguilar brought that up at the board meeting when he shared his, his the plan for learning loss and that it, in order for it to be meaningful, those um, interactions need to be in person. Um, that would be ideal. So, you know, hopefully yeah, it's the relationship between the teacher and the student that drive uh, student achievement often. And that that's very, very difficult to, uh, in a distance learning situation to create that and nurture it um, and, and see it produce uh, the fruit that it usually does. Yeah, and, and we can't stress enough the importance of parents getting involved and checking on their students and look, looking on Aries. I mean, that's what it's there for, to see how their students are doing and to make sure that they're taking advantage of these opportunities like the 
after school and the Saturday academies and like and the summer schools coming up, right? Absolutely. And checking on your your students daily. Uh, certainly, if you're at home, to you know, make sure they have their screen on and and they're engaged and and not on their phone. Um, that that's probably the well, it's not probably it is the biggest frustration issues uh, um, with, with teachers is, is the black screens. Um, uh, my son is a sub in another district, and um, he has has experienced that, and it's it's very very difficult. Uh, for teachers to uh, talk to a, a black screen. Yeah, I hear that too. I got a couple of high schoolers in my house as well. Um, we're gonna talk about the athletics plans, but first I want you to, people have brought up the mental health uh, issue. It's a big issue, um, you know, as far as students not having that interaction and, you know, having the anxiety levels go up and, you know, they cite cases about um, mental health um, and suicide rates going up during distance learning. So um, if we could just kind of let the parents and the audience and the community know about some of these resources that, that are available to these students right now. Yeah, absolutely. If you have a serious issue that, that you're dealing with at home right now, you can walk up to any one of our sites during the day without an appointment. You might have to wait a few minutes, but uh, we will get you in. We have counselors on site. Uh, right now at every site, um, and and they can assist you. So please pick up that phone, get in your car, um, uh, whatever you need to do to, to get to your site to get that assistance. Um, I think, you know, what we can, what we need to continue to do uh, proactively is, um, um, you know, teachers are always uh, uh, keeping their eye open for that. Um, those reports get made to administration and, and counseling if they're seeing an issue. But, um, you know, if you're seeing a change in behavior, a change in mood that is not normal, that's a clue that, um, you, you know, you, you really need to engage with your student and have that one-on-one uh, -on -one heartfelt conversation. And, um, and if you believe you need help, then, then reach out. We, we have those resources uh, available and uh, I'll, I'll be frank, they are not, um, there's not a whole lot of people coming in or, or a lot of people picking up the phone. Um, so they're there. And um, uh, certainly on our part, we need to be proactive. And uh, as, as we are moving you know, toward that uh, third quarter reopening, we need to begin to offer uh, as as many in-person uh, services uh, uh, as we can, even if it's a uh, you know a, a a book group that was suggested earlier or earlier, or uh, you know a lunch with uh, you know your your club members. Many many of our students, eighty percent plus, that all sites are involved in something. Um, so, you know, now that uh, it, it looks like we're beginning to um, descend that uh, uh, mountaintop, uh, I think you'll see more and more opportunities like that open up and um, certainly uh, get involved in athletics, even if they're not an athlete. All kids, almost all kids can swim. The swim coaches would love to have you. 
uh, almost all kids can uh, run and be a part of the cross country team. Uh, and we have tennis and golf. Those are the four uh, sports that will be getting off the ground in the next couple of weeks. And I wanna reiterate that uh, anything we are doing, whether with athletic conditioning, which has started this week for all sports, and then when we start with the particular sports, those four that I just mentioned that are uh, state approved during this purple phase, we do have local approval to do these things. Um, our coaches are, are well aware of the protocols and expectations um, because the last thing we wanna do is start and then have to stop. Um, and since we're on the protocol topic, it's not just important to follow the protocols at school. Please follow them at home, uh, especially our athletes, because everything you do at home, you, you're, you're, you're bringing uh, to your team, even though you're you know, supposed to be social distanced and following those protocols at school, we are aware that things happen. So needs to be at the forefront of everyone's mind because we all want to finish the school year strong. Definitely. And so, yeah, we're, we're talking about athletics. Um, you said there was a vote today and, and you shared the results with me uh, that it was overwhelmingly in favor of letting counties uh, just kind of do their own thing under the, 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 yes. the provisions. So talk a little bit about the district's efforts in spearheading this county's uh, athletics program. Well, you know, it, it uh, the superintendents have been talking about this really since August. And, um, uh, you know, CIF has, you know, kind of uh, been hoping that things were going to change. But, you know, we're running out of hope now. And uh, we're running out of months to be hopeful. And um, we decided uh, in November uh, as a group of superintendents that uh, that just wasn't gonna happen in our county. And if we have to make it happen ourselves, we, we will. And frankly, there's just no choice. So you, you're, you're either going to do what we're doing as a county in working together to create uh, your own competitive league type uh, situation for this year, or you're not going to play. And so when you talk about a, a, a mental health uh, a perspective here, um, the community needs to see those normal uh, things that happen on a school site every day going on. Uh, the community needs to see that, oh, they're swimming. There's a swim meet th this weekend. There's a cross country meet. Um, and those things will get around and that will help boost confidence. Um, so when we do come back uh, in, in mid-March that, you know, our numbers hit 50% or higher. Uh, we, we don't want to come back at, you know, 15% or 18% or 21. We, we want to come back at 50. And so, um, yes, I encourage uh, uh uh, parents to uh, encourage their students to get involved. I'm very thankful for uh, the group of um, uh, superintendents and educational leaders uh, in our county that have made this happen. Um, we sent the plan forward uh, to CIF, uh, so they were aware of it. Um, and they voted today, uh, basically, uh, I think the vote was 45 to 10, 
um, in favor of giving all leagues and counties autonomy, basically saying what, what I've been saying for a month now, we will play what we can when we can, uh, you know, following the guidelines. And um, that, uh, that just had to happen. And, and it did, and uh, we're very proud of it. Yeah, and that's a, this is an instance where the pros definitely outweigh the cons. They may not get a playoff. They may not have a, a sanctioned uh, champion. However, um, you know, they may not have uh, fans out there, but we just want to get them out there and let them play, right? You bet. That's awesome. Um, and you touched on this, but maybe just talk, just band, theater, FFA, those, uh, those will be coming soon, guidelines? Yeah. Um, oh, let's see. Color Guard and uh, help me with the band, Sam. Percussion. Who is it? Percussion. Uh, yeah, percussion. And I can't, I, I want to say there's one more group, but they kind of all fall under the uh, athletic guidance um, uh, for, for our other extracurriculars. Um, we need to, to develop uh, uh, the protocols for that and how we're going to do that. You'll see that in the next week or so. Um, you know, so we, we, we basically just start opening the gate. And uh, as long as people are, are, are following protocols, uh, we need to provide these opportunities. That's great to hear. And yeah, I saw Miss Bruyard said um, percussion and color guard. And I know that she's like, like uh, all this, uh, the band uh, parents have been waiting for uh an opportunity just to, to let them get out there and, and do their thing. So that's, that's great news. Um, so um, we're getting towards the end here, you, in your memo, you mentioned uh, next year, um, you talked about how we're not going to have another year like this. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about what, what you were trying to say there? Yeah. You know, um, nobody was prepared for this. Uh, nobody in the state and um, districts and, school site had to make it up, uh, you know, as they went. And, um, you know, I made the comment, uh, uh, we played our cards the best we could. And um, I, I'm proud of our efforts this year, but I do not, nor does uh, any employee, parent or student, I'm quite sure, want to go through this again. And um, uh, next year, um, I'm sure we're going to need to offer some sort of uh, uh, distance learning. And uh, if and when we do that, it will be separate from um, the, the on-site on services that, uh, that we offer students. So, um, you know, there, there are a lot of lessons we've, we've learned from this pandemic. And uh, I'm going to put... Um, uh, together, a, a panel of folks uh, this spring to have a conversation about that, um, you know, because there, there's there's little pieces of a silver lining in, in, in every difficult experience that uh, we can learn from and possibly institute in our district to make our district stronger. Um, so that will be a... a uh, group effort, a group conversation, and there'll be no, more uh, news on that in the future. But uh, the bottom line and what I was trying to say is it will be separate next year. 
All right. Well, we thank you for your time, Mr. Peterson. I know it's, it's a very busy time, but um, thanks again. And uh, I'll let no you have last year. No more the, questions? We did. I thought, uh, I don't, do you have time to answer a question that came in? I, yeah, I have time. Okay. And I, okay. I just want to say that um, uh, anything that you don't want to answer, uh, ask publicly, or maybe uh, a question that Sam did not get to, please email me and I will answer it. Okay. Um, these are um, site specific, but someone's asking if there's any, uh, and I don't think we can answer this now, but they want to know if there's any graduation plans uh, that we're talking about. Yep, not, not there yet. There, there will be. Okay, someone's asking, I'll just pull this up. Uh, they said their son received a lot of absences. Um, they said they would clear in the grading, but they were still there. Um, so they're they're looking for help for as far as the absences their senior has. Um, yeah, they, they need to call their school site. And if they can't get uh, uh, the answer they need from the attendance office, then they need to call the principal's office and, and talk to the principal and uh, they will help you out with it. All righty. Um, let's see, Ms. Lacaretti, she went to uh, pick up honor roll certificate. It was nice to see her teachers and site staff and board members cheer for them. Can high schools do something similar? Hmm. Yeah, as I, as I said, as we um, uh, roll out through the, the next month, I, I think you'll see a lot, of more, a lot more opportunities like that uh, come forward. Okay. And honestly, that, that's all I'm seeing as far as questions. Um, Mrs. Lacaretti did um, say something about a webinar she saw. She put the link in there. So thank you for that. And then some mental health resources. Uh, there's, a, there's a link in there she posted as well. So thank you, Mrs. Lacaretti, for that. Awesome. All right. So I'll get, let you have the last word and then we'll sign off. Okay. Well, I just hope uh, everybody stays safe. Uh, follow those protocols, and we want to finish uh, strong uh, in MUHSD, and we want to build the confidence over the next month to do just that. Thank you, Sam. You bet. Everyone, see you next week. Impact is a production of the MUHSD Communications Department. For more information about the district, visit muhsd.org and follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And our handle is at Merced UHSD. Thanks for listening.